How's it going? Welcome to Wander on the Way, a show that is an ode to hours spent in coffee shops, late night get-togethers with friends, walks outside, and long car rides. Basically, all the times and places we get a moment to slow down to be present with ourselves and those around us. My name is Josh Perry, and I'll be your companion today for a little while. Join me and my occasional guests as we take a look at all the messy little details of being human. And remember, you're not lost as long as you say you're wandering. Welcome everyone to Wander on the Way. This is episode six, and just because I like to celebrate a handful of milestones and keep making things firsts, uh, this is the first episode that I'm doing post-launch of the show. Uh, the first five that I did was all kind of part of a package I did to set the show live, and uh, this one is the first that I'm sitting down after I've already put those episodes out there, uh, and in a way kind of starting to think of myself as a little bit more of a podcaster now. Um, I wanted to take today to talk uh, in part about the name of the show and kind of where it comes from, but more deeply than that, to discuss a little bit about the kind of the philosophical background uh, that has led to the name being what it is. Uh, and recognizing the fact that a lot of those ideas and the, those philosophies really inform the way that I move through the world, the way that I interact with other people, and the way that I work with uh, the folks that I'm counseling and coaching and things like that. The There are a lot of kind of religious and spiritual and philosophical bits and pieces that I've picked up over the years that have all kind of gone into informing this stuff. And I thought it would be fun to do a little bit of a deeper dive to give you a better appreciation for the, the way that I tend to perceive the, the world and situations that I'm in, and hope maybe that is going to be valuable to you in some way as well. To start things off, let's go ahead and talk about a little story. The other day, uh, my wife and I were celebrating our anniversary, and we, we had both kind of had these different intentions for the day. Generally speaking, wanting to spend a nice day together, make it something a little bit special, have a day full of uh, rich and meaningful conversation with each other, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, and obviously, we're going to go and try to uh, celebrate with a nice dinner. And so in, in the original concept of our day, the, the highlight was going to be going out to have this nice dinner and conversation, something special. Right. Um, but one of the more significant and oddly meaningful moments of the day actually came on our way out. Uh, we, it, to get to downtown, we typically take uh, the train. And so we're walking to the train, and we're coming into the station. And as we get there, we start to hear some announcements that the train is already there, and it's boarding, and it's going to be leaving very shortly. And so now we're kind of positioned on this this little razor's edge of, okay, do we rush? Do we try to get there? Do we try to catch that train and get downtown so that we our day goes off without any more hitches? Um, and that was kind of uh, my wife's attitude, her philosophy, and she's explained after the fact, too, that uh, there is an excitement about that, right? The, this feeling of getting there just in time, catching that door as it's closing and sneaking in. There, there's this kind of an exhilaration behind uh, Or... We had my attitude, which was, hey, what's the rush? We'll, we'll catch the next train. It's not a big deal. And what I really wanted to talk about is the conflict of, of these two different 
ideas that we may have internally, we may have with coworkers or significant others or, you know, friends, family, etc. You might find yourself in these positions where you can feel kind of a little bit of a sense of worry and anxiety versus a sense of calm. But what I was thinking of in that moment in particular was what would rushing have gotten me, right? I could have reached my destination a little bit sooner in order to do essentially what we were already doing, right? We were already engaged in a nice, rich, meaningful conversation. Uh, we had already accomplished or were in the act of accomplishing what we had set out to do for the day. And the dinner was really just kind of like an extra or like a, a reason to go out and do the thing. Um, but the thing that we were doing was, was having a conversation and spending time with each other. And that's, we were already in it. So rushing was, was really not going to add anything other than maybe a little bit of stress temporarily. Maybe you could say the, that excitement of catching the train. Um, but that none of that was really particularly important to me at the moment because I was already having a good conversation. And this kind of thinking, this emphasis on directing our attention to the present moment forms one part of a kind of a broader, or a broader philosophy that governs a lot of the conversations that I want to see happening in the world more often. Um, I think it's a really good antidote in a way to the, the like hustle and grind, the, the goal-oriented or object-oriented, uh, gotta-go-fast uh, mindset that you can see around you so much, maybe even that you have yourself from time to time. In fact, that's really kind of what the show is all about. And today I'm going to be diving into a bit more of, kind of that philosophy and in that broader philosophical context I mentioned a moment ago, how it came to be, some of the major influences that have created it or, or led me to it. Um, and in particular, some of the recent influences that I've had in my life just in the past few years that have really helped to shape uh, this, this sort of sense of moving through the world and interacting with people and dealing with obstacles and dealing with conflict. So as I, I mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, I'm planning to use today as a framework for the episode, the title of the show. And just to kind of dig into some of the, the bits and pieces of how that title came to be. So let's start off first with the way, the last word in the title. Now, back in 2019, I had met one of my incoming students, and she had mentioned that some of the material that I was presenting on reminded her a lot of a gentleman by the name of Alan Watts. And I had never encountered Alan Watts before or his work, and I was kind of curious to know who this guy was out there that was, you know, taking my material. Uh, sure enough, as it turns out, uh, he had had in a whole lecture kind of about the similar topic that I was working on. The topic was about uh, playfulness, especially playfulness in everyday life and in work. And after digging into some more of his stuff, I found myself in the library taking out a book called Tao the Watercourse Way. That was the last book that he was kind of actively writing, and he didn't finish it. He died before he finished. Uh, but it got published. You know, a friend kind of picked up the, the torch and ran with it. And um, it was a really solid primer on a lot of the core tenets and the, the ideas and philosophies of Taoism. And for me, I was kind of overcome with this, this sensation that felt a lot like I was coming home. Uh, it felt very familiar. It really resonated with a lot of the approach that I took in the world and 
uh, a lot of the ways that I, I thought about things. And it was oddly comforting. It was, was really kind of a pleasant experience to encounter this stuff. And so I, I've been digging into Taoism much more deeply over the last couple of years as a result. And some of you may be familiar with Taoism already, but I'm for a lot of the people that I'm speaking with, probably not. Uh, and in either case, just so you, you're aware, um, the Tao is usually translated as the way or possibly the path. And that was one of the, the primary reasons why I kind of latched onto it for the show, because I, I love not just the, the philosophical ideas in Taoism, but also that imagery of, of a path, of, of a way, something that can be followed. And, you know, the, almost this, this image of being out in the woods, kind of following a trail. Now, before you turn the podcast off, because you're not really into all of that religion and spirituality stuff, uh, understand that this show is not explicitly about Taoism, right? It's, it, I'm just kind of explaining this because it, it forms a lot of my own personal philosophies and the ways that I will interact with the world and the ways that I approach situations. So I'll be talking with my guests and bringing up ideas that to, to those who are more familiar will probably feel kind of Taoist in, in their approach, right? Um, if you are curious instead and you want to get more information about Taoism and want to dig a little bit deeper, there are way better resources out there than me or than this show. Um, and I wanted to go through a few of those things, right? I think it's important to touch on some of the stuff because it is going to come up in the show periodically. And so I want to give you a little bit of a framework that you can work on as well as a, a jumping off point if you want to go and, and look for some more ideas yourself. Uh, so first of all, uh, some good resources. I highly recommend that book that I mentioned a moment ago by Alan Watts. Again, it was called Tao, The Watercourse Way. And this is a good moment just to say that there is, um, there's kind of an ambiguity of spelling that you'll usually see Taoism written as T-A-O. Um, that's an older spelling, but is still very much in common usage. Uh, probably is, is more common than the, the updated spelling, which is D-A-O. And regardless of the case, uh, you pronounce it Tao. And so Tao of the Watercourse Way by Alan Watts is a really good book. It's very short. He goes into a lot of some of the uh, the differences between kind of an Eastern perspective and a Western perspective. And he lays out a lot of the major concepts that are in Taoism. And so I, I highly recommend checking that book out if you're curious. There's a few other good books out there that you can find as well. But that, that's the one that I would probably send you on looking for first. Uh, other ways that you can go get a bunch of maybe quick information or find other repositories of information, I recommend going to Reddit. There's a, a subreddit called r slash Taoism, um, spelled with a T. And that one is, is a pretty good resource. They've got some uh, kind of a wiki article that has lots of reading that you can do, both as introduction as well as maybe primary sources, things like that. Uh, the show, What's This Dow All About? It's another podcast, and it served me as a pretty pretty solid companion on my road trips back and forth between homes at the moment. Um, there are two major characters and the writings of those characters that you should probably be aware of as well. I mentioned the Tao Te Ching earlier. This would be kind of the primary foundational text that uh, almost everybody would point you to. Uh, I, I've heard it said many, many times that it is the second most translated work in the world next to the Bible. Um, and it, it, in effect, kind of serves as a bit like a Bible uh, for Taoism, but 
you know, there's some reasons why you might not want to make that comparison. Uh, that was written by a man called Lao Tzu. And there's some question about whether Lao Tzu is even a real historical figure or if this is more the writings of, let's say, the Laoist school of thought, if you want to think of it that way. Um, but either way, it, it is attributed to Lao Tzu and uh, there's a lot of great translations out there. I personally recommend... Um, the Philip J. Ivanhoe translation that a dear friend of mine got for me. Um, I think it is, is a great translation that puts it in very kind of contemporary and easy to understand, and yet still somewhat poetic terms. The other figure is Zhuangzi, and he's uh, most known for a work that takes the same name, also called the Zhuangzi. Um, this guy there's more evidence that he's actually a historical figure, someone who has really existed. But the work is, uh, like, people say that probably the first few chapters are most likely written by him. But then there's a whole bunch of other chapters that there's some some question about whether Zhuangzi wrote those things or whether somebody else wrote it on his behalf or whether it was commentaries or people writing as though, oh, this is something Zhuangzi might have said or would have said. Um, Still, it, it's a neat work that I'm a little bit less familiar with and, and looking forward to getting into myself. There's a few important symbols and concepts just to, to bring up. Uh, the most iconic one that you are probably familiar with is the yin-yang, uh, that nice black and white sort of circle uh, that symbolizes primarily balance. But more than that is uh, this kind of the cyclical nature and the transformational nature of, of things. Um, even though we represent it with this static image, it's actually really meant to be a, a dynamic thing. It's meant to represent kind of this this flow between these these two complex forces, right? Or I guess the, the forces are pretty simple, but the interaction can be quite complex. Um, and uh, so that, that features pretty prominently throughout Taoism, the, these two ideas of the continuous transformation of things as well as the cyclical nature, things like the seasons or the rise and fall of the sun and moon and all those kind of things. Taoists were also big into nature, into observing and emulating nature, taking a look at the qualities of things around them and trying to um, act in accordance with those things or uh, in congruity. They, they would emulate a lot of these qualities. Um, Wu Wei is another major, major, major concept. There's lots and lots of videos out there that you can find of people talking about Wu Wei. Um, and it's generally translated, I think, most commonly as effortless action. Um, and it's the quickest way to describe it now, because I absolutely cannot get into it uh, in any meaningful way in just a couple of seconds. The best way I can think of to, to mention it, if you're familiar, is uh, sort of like the concept of flow or possibly being in, a, uh, in the zone. Right? Those are two good ways of thinking about Uwe. And uh, the last major concept I can think of just to mention right now is the idea of non-contention. There are several passages throughout the Tao Te Ching where they say something to the effect of uh, the sage does not contend, therefore no one is able to contend with them. Uh, generally, the idea being like, if you don't really meddle, if you're not interfering with things, then nobody can really meddle and interfere with you. If you're kind of detached from stuff and not, not really inserting yourself into situations. Um, in a kind of a forceful or heavy-handed way. Finally, uh, just to give you a couple of other ideas of, of places where you can go, um, the there's a couple of YouTube channels that I highly recommend as well. Uh, my first encounter uh, on through YouTube was a, a guy by the name of George Thompson, 
who's a, from the United Kingdom, and he spent some time over in the Wudang Mountains in central China in order to, um, originally he was going there to, you know, learn some Kung Fu, um, but in the process wound up coming across uh, someone who is all about Taoism and uh, was one of the only English-speaking uh, masters in the area, and so it kind of was a serendipitous thing. And so he's gotten really into Taoism, and he shared a lot of that experience that he gained from China um, and his conversations with uh, Master Gu, the person that he met there. Um, there's also uh, a German name, a German channel. Uh, it's in English, but called Einzelganger. Uh, and he does a lot of uh, different kind of philosophical stuff, but I think most that I can recall being on the channel are things about Taoism and Stoicism, which uh, a lot of people say are very complementary philosophies. And then finally is uh, the channel Philosophy in Motion. And this is a German philosopher who studies um, Eastern religion and in particular seems to have a fascination with Taoism. Um, and they've got these nicely animated and well thought out videos describing some of the stories from the Zhuangzi that I mentioned a moment ago. Uh, so I highly recommend that channel as well. And we'll be talking about one of those stories in just a moment. So that's a little bit about the way, but what about the wandering? Uh, when I was first thinking about the term, honestly, it was uh, partly because of the sound of the term. I like the, the imagery of wandering. I like the way that wander on the way flowed. And as kind of a title for a podcast, you do want it to have a nice ring to it. Um, but more than that, it's, it has this connotation that you're not really following too precisely or too strictly on a particular path that there may be kind of a path out there but you kind of meander a little bit and, and you're taking your time it's a little bit easy that kind of thing and i i really enjoy that easiness of of the word wander as opposed to say walking or something like that and it has this definite feeling that you're not really in a rush right you're kind of looking around at things you might get pulled in a different direction here and there, and you check out something because it kind of captures your attention. Uh, but this idea that we can afford to take some of these moments here and there to in explore, to enjoy kind of the, the current circumstances a little bit. Generally, wandering is not like totally aimless or random. We have a bit of a destination, uh, and we'll probably wind up there, but how we get there doesn't necessarily look like how we imagine. What fascinates me about wandering is that it requires a bit of openness uh, as well as time. And people who are in a hurry, uh, kind of rushing around, maybe feeling a bit of worry and anxiety, uh, they may feel that you're compelled to stick to a very prescribed path or potentially that you just kind of bullheadedly charge in you know, the shortest line from point A to point B regardless of whatever obstacles and harm might come your way. And wandering is a little bit more carefree, right? It's, it's kind of going more in accordance with the landscape. And, you know, you might join the path here and there, but you might go off-road here and there as well. And to people who are in that kind of rushing around state of mind, maybe a little bit anxious, uh, the suggestion of kind of taking it easy, you wander around a little bit, can actually feel pretty bad or, or it feels a little bit insane, right? You... If you're concerned about trying to get someplace and you have a limited time or limited energy, limited resources, things like that, someone be like, ah, don't worry about it is, is probably the last thing that you really want to hear. You know, think about my train story from earlier. 
if we had had reservations that we were trying to catch, then perhaps hitting that train at that moment would have been critical and we would have been in a much different state of mind because we had to catch that train. We'd miss our reservations. On the other hand, you know, like, is that really true? Like, is it the end of the world if you didn't catch those reservations or could there have been another solution? Could we have called ahead and said, hey, we're going to be just a couple minutes late. Is it okay? Right? There, there's other possibilities there, but you don't necessarily think about all that in the moment. And we probably also wouldn't have wanted to hear it, right? If, if we were late, it would, be, would have been much more comforting to feel like we were making progress and, and doing something to alleviate being late as opposed to uh, trying, to, trying to fix it after the fact, if that makes sense. And there's a, a concept from the Zhuangzi that I think really captures exactly this, this line of thinking, this, this more easiness and this, this wandering spirit. Um, there's a, a video on the Philosophy in Motion channel that talks about this story, which is called The Happiness of Fish. So if you want to take a look at that, you can get some more context. Uh, in a nutshell, the story is about a couple of friends who are wandering around themselves and they stop by a river and they start to have a little philosophical debate when one of them notices that the fish below them in the river are also kind of wandering around. And so the concept that I'm going to pay attention to right now is a single character that that is used to explain both the two friends and how they're moving around as well as the fish and how they're moving around. Uh, that character is Yo, and if you were to write it in Latin characters, you it's the word you, R -O, or I-O-U. Um, and the way that they translate in the video is rambling at ease. There are a variety of other translations, and uh, I think it, it's important to talk about one particular translation by Brooke Zipporin that translates that same character uh, in two different ways based on who they're talking about. Because uh, in a way, like you, you wouldn't describe the motion of people and the motion of fish in with the same word necessarily in English because we don't necessarily have quite this exact concept. So uh, Zipporin translates the word the first time as stroll, and that's talking about the, the two philosophers, the two friends, uh, and then translates the word the second time as swim about for the fish. But it's the same character. And I, I love the fact that that one character has these, both of these meanings kind of represented. Um, and it would be difficult in a way. Like you wouldn't describe people walking around in a park as swimming about necessarily. It, it would seem awfully artistic and poetic and maybe a little bit out there in a way. But describing this motion as at ease, kind of rambling or wandering at ease, is really the important part for me. It is movement without a particular purpose. Uh, it's not to say that it's entirely random, but rather than uh, it is allowed to kind of flow freely from place to place, from thing to thing, uh, and that there is no particular object or goal involved, right? You might have examples in your own life of going for a walk with a friend and you're just kind of cruising around, right? You don't have anywhere in particular that you're going. Uh, but sometimes you you might have a little bit more action in your movement, right? Um, I'm thinking about visiting a, a shopping mall or something like that, right? You might be just kind of wandering around in the mall and you just decide, oh, okay, well, let's stop in, in this store for a second and see what they have here. 
so there, it's not a totally passive, it's not totally random, but it's free and there's no, no direct object for it. There is um, more of an emphasis on the, the experience and the immediacy of it, the kind of what it is that you're doing as you're wandering. If you're having a conversation, you're kind of immersed in it and you're immersed in your environment. You're not so concerned about trying to get someplace, if that makes sense. And it's an active process, right? It's not passive. I've, I've kind of tried to hit on this a little bit before, but uh, to people who are looking at it from the outside, they you might take a look at it and be like, well, you're not really doing anything. You're, you're just out there wandering around. Uh, you're not accomplishing anything. You'd be spending your time better or something like that. Um, and that's coming from a very like goal-oriented sort of position. Uh, but that's not necessarily like the, the only thing or the best thing or, or the why you should be doing something. Um, Alan Watts, again, had kind of a, a nice commentary about some of this attitude that the only way we can think of in the West to describe something like meditation uh, or yoga is that it is a practice, right? This is a very um, Western attitude that you have to practice this. It, it is something that you are doing. When the the actual philosophies behind some of the stuff itself that's the opposite, right? As soon as you start to try to practice it, you're not doing the thing. Um, as soon as you are trying to not try or try to be at ease, you're not at ease. This is also pretty strongly in alignment with my general belief that most of us have a sense of what we ought to do or what we want to do. We're a little bit fuzzier perhaps on the hows of how to actually go and do those things. And we may forget sometimes that we know what we want to do and what we should do. But I think that's where having conversations with people um, can help bring you back into some of that sense of, of easiness, that yo. Having a good conversation with somebody in this, this state of yo um, can reveal to us the things that we already know and the things that we already know that we want to act on. Once we're there... Now you're in a good conversation. You're in a good place where you can kind of spar with your, your conversation partner a little bit, or you can toss things back and forth and try out different ideas and, you know, try to pick it apart and figure out what is the how. Okay, I know that I want to do this. I know that I should do this, but how do I do that? And, and that's where that easy conversation can help. You see, I, I really believe that once we are in this, this yo-like state of mind, so many of those options are open to us and you might discover that maybe that destination you thought you were headed to in the first place isn't the real one or maybe you're always going to be headed to a different place or you're going to take a different route along the way to get there so that's a little bit about why the the show is wander on the way and finally today i'd like to leave you with the words of that story that i've been talking about for the last few minutes here uh, the happiness of fish now, I want to preface this first by saying that the story is going to sound a little different than what I was talking about in the show today, because I was focused primarily just on that one character in, in those opening couple of lines, uh, Yo. The actual story is, as I said, about two friends, two philosophers that are having kind of a little bit of a philosophical debate as they're wandering around and, and observing these fish. And I'm not going to be able to do it justice, I think, in this video. Um, but I highly recommend checking out the Philosophy in Motion video um, on, on this exact story that does a much better, like, deeper dive. 
and I don't want to waste your time trying to explain it when you could just go watch that video yourself. So check that out if you're curious about digging into a little bit more about what the story means and the implications of it. But otherwise, I'll just leave you with a text and uh, wish you a happy week. Zhuangzi and Huizi were strolling along the bridge over the Hao River. Zhuangzi said, The minnows swim about so freely, following the openings wherever they take them. Such is the happiness of fish. Huizi said, You are not a fish, so whence do you know the happiness of fish? Zhuangzi said, And you are not I, so whence do you know that I don't know the happiness of fish? Huizi said, I am not you, to be sure, so I don't know what it is to be you, but by the same token, you are certainly not a fish. My point about your inability to know the happiness of fish stands intact. Zhuangzi said, now let's go back to the starting point. You said, whence do you know the happiness of fish? Since your question is premised on knowing that I know it, I must have known it. From here above the Hao River. Thanks for listening today, everybody. And I wish you your own fish-like happiness for the next week or two until I next see you again. And thank you for listening to the podcast and carrying the conversation out into the world. Music for this podcast is generously provided by Alexander Nakarada at www.serpentsoundstudios.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 License. Details in the description. If you'd like to come join the community, be a guest on the show someday yourself, you wish to support the podcast or just get in touch, find me online at wanderontheway.org. And until next time, go have a good conversation.